Hey, you, redshirt sophomore, you've been here too long. Please step aside. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Culkin, and thank you once again for making Locked on USC your first listen every day, whether you're watching on YouTube or wherever you like to download your podcast. We are free, and I so appreciate you coming along for the ride. I hope you're enjoying the show. If you are, become a subscriber. It's free. Just hit the subscribe button. If you like the episode, hit that thumbs up, and so you won't miss any one of our five episodes that I bring you five times a week, hit that notification bell. This episode of Locked on USC is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked on. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com forward slash Locked on today to get started. So what's your uh, new flavor of the day? You know, USC recruiting honks, you know, uh, or roster, roster mavens. You know, last year it was Shane Lee and Eric Gentry. Those were the new guys. Obviously, Caleb Williams was the marquee transfer player. This year, Anthony Lucas uh, was pretty much the the highest rated transfer in the uh, 2023 portal class for USC. And I guess we could say that um, Mason Cobb and Taka Curtis at linebacker uh, are probably the the two other guys on defense that everyone's really excited to to uh, to talk about. I hear it every year. Uh, these new guys are the answer, and they're going to make all American. They're going to lead the team, lead the country in tackles and in sacks, and eventually they're going to be the the next Lendak. Okay, are people going? Who in the hell is Lendak? He's an urban myth. Look it up. USC Google search Lendak. Anyways, when it comes to recruiting, uh, hyperbole and anticipation literally go together like baseball, hot dogs, and apple pie. And it's opening day, so go Dyers. Uh, Remember when LSU uh, was where current USC linebacker Rajon Davis was committed and then all of a sudden he felt that call of USC and he he decided he was going to stay home local product went to modern day all every one of the one of the best linebackers in his uh recruiting class of 2021 so if we're now basically three years later and you know t- typical of most fans they've already moved on to the new guys like I said, last year, with the transfer portal, everybody was looking at who is Lincoln Riley bringing in. Well, so my question, why do fans do this? Uh, why do they toss players aside when they see the new players arrive? It's almost like they lose interest in in those highly recruited, highly rated, ranked uh, players that everybody gushes over. I was asked recently, how come – no one, how come I haven't, or the media hasn't been uh, pumping up Rajon Davis this spring? And I guess I'm partially responsible for that perception, what I'm talking about. Look, I, I get why 
the excitement level shifts when new players arrive. Uh, the, from my end, from my end of the bargain, you know, we're being introduced uh, for the first time to these players, and that means the fans too are going to get a chance to hear from, see, and hear from these guys for the first time as well. So that's where all the attention is is focused, directed, uh, and you know, we're halfway through, we're at the midway point of, of spring camp. Well, not even the midway point. Reason being, um, I'll get to that a little bit shortly. We're at the midway point of spring camp. <laughs> Pretty close. But uh, so when we start talking to the new players who have arrived, recruits, well, actually, we're not even allowed to talk to the freshmen at this point uh, if they're at spring camp. There's a process they have to go through to prepare them for the media. But we do get to talk to the guys who arrive via the transfer portal. So we know defense has been a point of emphasis with everybody, the staff, the fans, players on the team. So that's where everyone's focus has been on. And when you have a bunch of guys who come over via the portal, um, that's where the, the attention shifts. So players like Rajon Davis they kind of slip through the cracks and they become that forgotten player because of you know our limited time to cover the, everybody. And again, with the assistance of the transfer portal, we, we know that you can turn around a four and eight team into a playoff contender in less than 12 months. So I guess the question now becomes, is there a correlation with how long we allow recruits to make an impact before we say, Step aside, please. I go back. Redshirt sophomore. Yeah, I understand they're going into their third their third season with with the program, but it wasn't that long ago when this is the year when you expected them to make an impact. You weren't ready to say, "Well, you haven't done it yet. It's time to step aside." Remember. There was a time not too long ago when coaches were at least given four years minimum to rebuild a program. Well, that four-year timeline has been basically cut in half. Thank you, Transfer Portal. And with the playoffs expanding to 12 teams in 2024, the pressure to win now is going to get even, it's going to increase. And it's, 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 it's more expensive. Uh, you see what the top programs ha have to pay uh, for the top coaches in college football. There's not that many of them, and when you can't, and on top of that, then you got to start paying. You got to start playing that facilities game. You know, building up facilities. We talked about that uh, on another episode, and we'll talk about that more in future episodes. So, <coughs> excuse me. Do coaches have the time to wait for highly regraded recruits to contribute? I mean, which position groups should be allowed that extra time to develop? The old line goes, the offensive line goes without saying. But after that, what, maybe quarterback? Which is still, again, that's weird to say, but freshman quarterbacks today are considered good enough to lead teams and, and win the Heisman Trophy by the end of their sophomore year. We've seen that the last two seasons with Bryce Young at Alabama, Caleb Williams at USC. So outside of those two spots, I would say maybe the linebacker, just because of how close to the line of scrimmage 
um, that they play and the, the dual role that a linebacker has to be able to defend against the pass and the run. So being able to read, pass, or run before reacting makes that position, I would say, a little bit more challenging uh, than the other positions. So while the anticipation level for Taka Curtis, linebacker, freshman, is sky high because he was highly rated, and from what it appears, deservedly so, at least what we've seen so far in our in our time of practice, uh, let's not forget that players like Rajon Davis uh, he was up there too when <laughs> when he turned down LSU and decided to come to USC. You know, LSU just doesn't throw offers at bad players. And if you're going to come into California and recruit the best players, you know these are really good guys. So it's okay to for fans to to show the love uh, to the guys who have just arrived. But let's not turn the guys who who are returning. Um, who have been a part of the program into the, you know, the, the redheaded stepchild and, you know, cast them aside. Not every player is going to be ready to make an impact in their first year or in year two. Ray John Davis, I, I'm just using him as an example. There's other players I could have chosen. Um, but he showed what he's capable of uh, when Lincoln Riley finally rolled the dice and, and put him in there at the end of the season. And then you really saw what he was able to do in the in the Cotton Bowl. But is wide receiver wide receiver is a is definitely a position that a freshman can come in and make an impact, an immediate impact. And I think USC has one of those um, in the twenty twenty three class. I've been watching him in spring camp, seeing a little bit of what Zachariah Branch is capable of doing. But I think they may have just signed another one in 2023. We'll talk about that in the next segment. First, it's time to head on over to FanDuel. You know why. The tournament is heated up. March Madness Final Four this weekend. And now is the perfect time for you as a new signee to head on over to and download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because, again, you're a new customer. You're going to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. So just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe. It's secure. It's really super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to the point scores. Who got the most rebounds in the game? Who made the most three-pointers? Also at FanDuel, they're going to allow you to combine your bets. And that's going to give you a chance for a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com forward slash locked on. That's fanduel.com forward slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with Fanduel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. So I mentioned Zachariah Branch. He's going to do some special things at USC in 2023. I have, like I said, I've seen glimpses of the, of his abilities during spring practice. On offense, he's the guy everyone has been salivating over. He's the the next Reggie Bush talent, right? Instant impact player. Look, I've been talking about it here on Locked On USC. I've been talking about it. I've been tweeting about it. I've been writing about it over there on WeRSC.com. USC isn't done or wasn't going to be done adding to their 2023 roster. 
And, you know, Riley has talked about having a couple of open scholarships. I just mentioned that last week. And that there would actually be more movement via the transfer portal. Well, there's one less open scholarship. USC just got the number one tight end, maybe even the best player left out there in the 2023 class. Deuce, Deuce Robinson, in case anybody was wondering what the name was. He's listed as a tight end, but he's more big Mike Williams than your typical tight end recruit. And if you think about the way the tight end position has developed through the last few years, last five handful of years, it's more of a big wide receiver role. <clears throat> Pardon me. So the tight end whisperer, Lincoln Riley, uh, he basically snagged the best player that was left on the on the draft board in 2023. So Deuce is another guy who can be a, a year one impact guy at wide receiver, playing the big, big wide receiver role. You can line him up at tight end, you know, line him up inside. He's big enough to handle that. Um, and he's a true dual sport stud. Maybe not Bo Jackson level in baseball, but pretty good enough that the Dodgers are showing some serious interest in, in him as well. So as far as that big wide receiver role, we know Zachariah Branch is going to be that shifty, get him in, just get him the ball in space and watch the... Uh, Watch the uh, the X button, the X factor, the joystick, or is that Caleb's nickname? Watch him in action. Watch the cheat code. That's the term I was looking for. Watch cheat code branch do what he does best. Well, I remember Big Mike Williams. I remember before, after Mike Williams, USC had Michael Pittman, Drake London more recently. Um, that's a nice pairing at wide receiver. See, this is where I'm guilty of what I was talking about in the first segment. I'm having visions already of Caleb Williams, you know, picking and choosing between throwing to Deuce Robinson or Zachariah. And I have to immediately remind myself, there's other skilled guys who aren't freshmen who are ready to catch passes as well. So, again, Lincoln Riley... He's he's done something really nice. He's not done recruiting, obviously, for the 2023 class. We know he's not done with the transfer portal. So let's shift those giddy thoughts to uh, 2024 as far as uh, at least my vision of Zach and, and Robinson uh, catching you know, 50 passes apiece this year. Could, could still happen. Doubtful, but... Um, In 2024, let's shift again. Miller Moss, Malachi Nelson, they can they can fight over uh, who's going to throw to those guys in their sophomore seasons. So with the addition of Deuce to the 2023 class, now USC fans get to, they, they get their top 10 recruiting class that they've been clamoring for. And according to on three, the Trojans have the number nine a class in the country. 
Uh, let me break it down for you. I'm going to show you right now why it's so subjective and why you should take all these rankings with a grain of salt. According to On3, their network, you can check out the other ones, 24-7, Rivals. Um, their, USC is right now anywhere from number nine to number six nationally, depending on which recruiting service you want to use. So with the number nine class on three, USC has three five stars, nine four stars, and 10 three stars of their 22 high school commitments. Just ahead of them with the number eight class, Oregon, they have one five star, 17 four stars, and 11 three stars. That gives them a total of 30 players recruited. USC had 22. The difference in the score was like 0.2 something. Negligible. I don't even want to get into the, how they come up with those factors. You math gurus, you figure it out, you tell me. Number seven, this is an interesting one. Oklahoma. They had three five stars. That matched USC's total there. 12 four stars. Few more than USC. And 11 three stars. One more than USC. So they have a total of 26 players in their high school recruiting class to USC's 22. So again, are we looking at cumulative numbers? You know, oh, 30 is higher than 26. 26 is higher than 20. See where I'm going with this? That's that's subjectivity. And where am I getting that number 20? Right here. Ohio State had the number four class in the country, according to On3, with zero five stars, 19 four stars, and only one three star. There's your 20, 19 plus one. So what is not subjective, and this is what everybody should look at, is Riley's ability to recruit the best skill position players on offense. Without a doubt, he's going to scoop him up. I mean, look, he just picked up Deuce Robinson at the uh, at the 11 o'clock hour. You've got Walker Lyons coming in. He'll be here in 2024. You've got the number one wide receiver. You've got the number one quarterback in the class. And you're now starting to see veteran, older players, uh, those guys, those guys who are willing to sacrifice and come to USC for a chance to win a championship. You know, they're leaving starting roles at their old places to come to USC for a year, maybe two years, for this opportunity to win a championship, to win a championship. They see what's being built. Um, maybe some of them have seen the same movie that I've seen before when it was directed by Pete Carroll. In that first movie, uh, the team developed a little bit slower, uh, but by the end of year two, that team, no one wanted to play. The sequel uh, had a little bit of a script change. We're now going into year two with Lincoln Riley, and because of it, you know, the transfer portal was part of the part of the, the new movie that's coming out. And it's, it, it's showing you how fast things can change. Remember, USC was 4-8 and eight when Lincoln Riley took over. After year one, they were 11-3. and three. They were challenging for the playoffs. 
So with the arrival of older defensive players who, again, they're sacrificing starting roles at their old locations, year two is going to yield the same feeling that people had when they watched the first movie. And that feeling was no one wants to play USC because they're going to be that good with Caleb and all of that talent that Riley is stacking up. Kind of like Pete Carroll used to do. He recruited certain guys that are going to be, that were, that were, I hate to use the term guaranteed, but we're going to be sure NFL draft picks. And some of them for sure, first round impact guys. And he played them as freshmen. Well, Lincoln Riley has the same plan. There are going to be certain freshmen that are going to be impact guys in year two. And they're going to make an impact. And they're going to help USC make the playoffs in year two. And when they do make the playoffs, you know what happens next? USC won't be recruiting their 2024 class. Technically, they'll be recruiting, but they'll be back to selecting. That was that was kind of the, the recruiting meme back during the Pete Carroll uh, era. USC doesn't, doesn't recruit. They select. They're getting back to that. I mean, think about that. If USC can have, if this movie, if this sequel can turn out the same way that the first movie turned out, it's going to make a lot of money. It's going to make a lot of money. I mean, it, it boggles the mind to think what Pete Carroll would have done in the era of NIL. Scary, scary proposition for college football. Lincoln Riley has NIL. Lincoln Riley has the transfer portal. Wow. Like I said, I've seen this movie before. I'm looking forward to the sequel. Like everybody else, got to be patient. Next up. Before we get out of here on this uh, episode of Locked on USC, I'm going to do my Friday rant. But first, the built March Madness bracket. It's here. We know you have a favorite bar or a puff, and now's your time to make it count. Go to builtmarchmadness.com to vote for your favorite. You know I'm voting for the double chocolate bar and the puff. If you want USC to win, then you'll be voting for that bar too. Support your team. Support your bar or puff. And when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you're going to be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky locked-on listeners will get a free box of Built. Not only that, one locked-on fan will win a 12-month subscription to Built to have Built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your front door. You got to try Built. Built, the best protein bar ever. Seriously, they're so good, so amazing. You're not even going to think they're good for you. And what makes Built so good, look, they're high in protein, they taste really good, and for me, they're covered in 100% chocolate. That makes everything taste good. That's right, real chocolate. So run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff, and then pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March, so hop on in, support your pick. All right, Thursday's practice was canceled. 
why? Not happy. Look, we were told it was due to a schedule conflict. Huh? What? Look, I, I know the weather has has been causing some issues. The rain's been around, but we got a we got the memo at nine a.m. Practice canceled for Thursday. So practice number eight, it would have been. So now I want to know what conflicted with uh, you know Lincoln Riley. He's really detail oriented, down to I mean every I is dotted, T is crossed. It's a control freak. Everything. So what would force a practice postponement? I mean this schedule was put together months ago, at, at least. I can't imagine it was Deuce Robinson's announcement. I mean, that was scheduled to happen, you know, near at the end of when practice would have happened. Scheduled to end. Practice was supposed to start at 4 o'clock. Deuce made his announcement at 6.30. I'm sure the staff still did something to celebrate. However, if I was in charge, which I'm not, but if I were... I would have had the whole team on the practice field live on Instagram at the end of practice celebrating for their newest teammate. So he had, so Deuce Robinson could have seen his new guys going, wow, those guys are pretty excited for me. Um, Maybe that's a compliance issue. Maybe. But if the letter of intent was signed and faxed over, then probably not. I mean, I don't know. Like I said, just curious, what was the schedule conflict? Because this really isn't a rant. It's just more of me being curious and upset that I wasn't able to go to practice on Thursday because I really, really, really love what I do. I love bringing that information back to you guys, the fans. And I know Lincoln isn't going to sacrifice one of the 15 allowable practices that you get during spring. But still, I wanted to go watch USC football on Thursday. And I was even willing to stand in the rain, too, if it, if it happened to happen. However, neither of which happened. Practice or the rain. So, end of rant. At least USC signed Deuce. And there's a couple silver linings. I know that rubbed Oregon fans the wrong way. I was uh, doing a little uh, little perusing, seeing, uh, getting some national... Per- um, responses to uh, USC increasing their recruiting class, move it on up. So that was a silver lining, uh, as well as, you know, opening day, baseball, go Dodgers. I, I know that they were leading 7-2 heading into the seventh inning stretch. But if I do want something else to rant about, really, $30 to park for a Dodgers game? Come on now. Whatever. But I guess uh, with the high expectations for USC in 2023, Trojan fans, you might want to get ready to feel that parking gouge. It's coming. USC is back. Recruiting is picking up, taking off. And when USC is back and big things are anticipated from the fans, from the media, um, you need to start applying the laws of supply and demand. 
the stadium is going to be full. It should be. And that means the parking lots are going to be full. And that means parking prices are probably going to go up too. So you'll get a chance to rant. There you go. We are done. That is another episode of Locked on USC. I want to thank you for making us your first listen today. Don't forget for your second listen, go check out our brand new podcast, Locked on College Basketball. Experts Isaac Shade, Andy Patton, they're going to bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus, they got other experts, insiders, coaches, players they'll hear from too. You can't miss out wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. There you go. That's it. Another episode in the books. I'll be back next week with another five episodes. So until then, you know what to do.